You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. My heart skips skipping the beach and I'm close enough so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. It's the APC Podcast here at AcmePackingCompany.com. Part of SB Nation Packers Talk all of the time what's up Packers fans thanks for listening thanks for downloading give us a rating on iTunes subscribe follow us on Twitter at the APC pod on Instagram for literally no reason we are there we are there forever your humble producer Zach Rapport here dialing in from Queens New York separated separated again by the snow the uh, free agency the first wave of free agency is is done but the fourth wave of new york winter is upon us and uh it's a little bit of a blizzard out there today it is wednesday march 21st i am joined per huge these days remotely by uh our own ben foldy ben how you doing i'm all right if you hear my cat meowing in the background i apologize i don't know official apc podcast Mascot, Yushka. Yeah, he's hungry. <laughs> he's hungry for uh, football knowledge or some kind of ground chicken? Kibble. Yeah, there you go. Also joining me from across town in, I believe, a new, more spacious apartment in the same building as before, Alex Patakis. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm locked in my brand new bedroom. You got a door. Woo! I do. Doors. You guys, you, you guys missed like a clear like moving on up Uh Whatever those things are called, sounder. Mo- a sounder moment. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, what you actually moved on down though, right? Did you move downstairs? Uh, yes, I uh, I moved quite a few floors down, but um, I'll take it for the space. Still moving on up. Those uh, listeners of ours who are not located in New York, this may not resonate with them, but uh, for the New Yorkers, it is a big step in a person's life when they graduate to an apartment that has multiple doors, and you were there. Yes, it's huge. And you basically struck gold if you can get that with a washer and a dryer, which well, in, I uh, in the managed unit? to do. Oh, my oh God. yeah. You are, man, you are living like a king over there. It's like a palace, man. I got to go all the way downstairs and, and mingle with the common folk to do my laundry. You could just send it out if you prefer. Oh, come on, man. I'm not Uncle Moneybags over here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, we're, boring, we're boring people. Uh, a couple things happened this past week since we last got on the old, I fired up the old podcast machine here, so let's get right into it. The Packers let Morgan Burnett walk in free agency, and uh, they were reportedly 
not really seriously ever in the conversation uh, as the versatile safety signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers, $14.5 million over three years, averaging less than $5 million per year. Alex, this was uh, a lot less than the uh, the eight-some-odd million that we'd heard he was seeking. Did it surprise you to see the Packers let him walk out the door for this reasonable of a price tag? Uh, I guess they've done this before, and we've gotten mad before, so I shouldn't really be shocked. Um, but I still kind of am, just given the state of their secondary. Um, we also don't know exactly what kind of scheme they're going to be running. Um, I think it's, you know, it's safe to say that uh, it might not look <laughs> the way it looked last year, where Morgan Burnett was functioning as a linebacker at times, and this, that, and the other. But um, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I got to be honest. Like I, I feel like that's a guy who built up a lot of clout uh, within the team, who has made a, a good deal of plays, has seemingly like gotten better almost every year, and clearly had a great amount of value to this defense. And you know what, like if, if they're going to be such a disaster at corner, which as it stands right now, they are, I would rather feel really good about the fact that they have three to four really passable safeties. Um, and now we kind of don't know that. And we don't know what Josh Jones is going to be exactly either. Um, so it's unsettling for a position group that's already bad to, to be getting worse um, when it seems like the price tag to keep him was, was very low. Yeah, Ben, what about you? I know that you had expressed anxiety last week on the show about sort of the evaporating secondary depth, and the coverage just got a little bit sparser. So how does this sit with you? Um, I don't love it. I mean, at that cap hit, I don't see a reason not to not to sign. But I, it does, I mean, I guess it makes sense if they're really confident in Josh Jones. I hope, I hope that's the case. Um, I, uh, I mean, I'm like, I'm so switched over to draft mode that every time they let somebody walk, I'm just like, oh, we have to spend even higher draft capital on that position than I wanted to. So, I mean, right now I'm like, okay, if they stay at 14 and say Derwin, Derwin James and, and one of the, you know, top two corners is on the board, like, who do they take? Like, what hole do they fix first? Um, and in the past, I mean, I think that they were not, you know, the Packers are not a, a uh, draft for need kind of team, but uh, I guess maybe you can draft for need when you have big holes all over your team. So um, yeah, I don't. It's it's. I don't think it's great at the moment, um, but it does seem like there is a plan. I just have no idea what that plan is. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm happy to see more Kentrell Bryce. I, I think that'll be fun for everybody. Yeah, I think um, that this move sort of indicates some faith in Bryce and some faith in Jones and Alex, like you you alluded to. We don't really yet know, or maybe we do know. I mean, I, uh, as far as uh, the new D coordinator, Petten, coming in and, and implementing his scheme and finding guys that, that, fit, that fit his scheme, maybe this is a, an indication that this is just a player that was not going to work out. Yeah, I mean, there's a chance that Petten came in and, did a little self-scouting and thought to himself, and I don't know if this is actually true, um, and we'd probably need to ask like one of our, our film guys, but um, that he came in and thought to himself, like, okay, I'm, I want true linebackers. I'm, I'm not going to like be having these hybrid guys who function as both, and I would rather have two good cover safeties because our corners are trash. 
and maybe Morgan Burnett doesn't meet that cut. Like, I don't know that Kentrell Bryce or Josh Jones is better than Morgan Burnett in coverage. In fact, I think we saw, like, out of necessity, some Morgan Burnett, like, in the slot last year. Yeah. Um, where it seemed like he fared okay. But, like, again, I, I don't I don't know enough about um, what they intend to do. But I guess may, that's one way, if I'm like, to try to make sense of this, that I could see him coming in being like, you know what? That, that guy's kind of expendable. I need a better cover safety to go alongside Clinton Dix anyway. But who knows? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really know what the, the intent is there. Yeah, I think you could also make an argument for, um, you know, Brian Gutekunst, yeah, he is an in-house guy, but every GM, when they sort of take the wheel, kind of, there's, there's this sort of initial churn of talent as they, as they sort of try to put their stamp on the roster, and it could just be indicative of that. But I guess to sort of put a bow on the Burnett things, you know, many fans seem upset and they feel like Burnett is a big loss, but in the end, I mean, he commands less than $5 million a year on the open market. Um, Ben, I'll, I'll turn to you first. Did fans and did, frankly, Morgan Burnett himself overestimate his value, or is this more symptomatic of a depressed safety market this year, whatever the reason is for that? I think it's more the latter. Um, I think that the, the Matthew said that Mayhew signing uh, showed that, you know, Safeties are going to get less than everybody thinks. Um, and and uh, Honey Badger actually had a tweet about it that was pretty on point. So somebody posted 10 to think uh, Tyron Matthews' uh, deal with the uh, Texans drove the market down for safeties. Morgan Burnett reeled in less than half of his originally estimated 9.8 market uh, million market value. And, and Matthew retweeted that and wrote, no, not at all. Teams think they can replace safeties because of the, quote, systems they run. Teams want pass rushers and top-flight corners. The safety position is becoming a devalued position. So safeties have to literally play lights out to even be valued. Um, so I think that's, like, an interesting take from somebody in the who was presumably somewhat privy to the negotiations themselves yeah. and, you know, to what's going on in NFL locker rooms. Um and, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's an interesting sense that safety itself is kind of not the not the star role it has been in some recent years. Yeah. Uh, how, uh, how scary is that, that he's sitting there saying that teams want pass rushers and top flight corners, which we knew, but we have neither? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It makes you wonder a little about the draft. Um, I mean, I mean yeah. it's true also. it's true also to think that, you know, what we thought were uh, was money that was probably going to go to safeties has ended up going to corners, right? Like corners have all been going above what everybody thought they would go for. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, and by the way, while we're on the Matthew thing, and I, I don't know that there was ever a real chance. I know that he's a name, but is there any disappointment that that they didn't consider going down that road? I mean, given age, I think the bump of what Burnett got to what uh, Teron Matthew got like would have been worth it, presumably. Um, oh, totally. I I would have made that deal. I mean, I don't know what they see doing with the rest of the contract. Well, I guess we'll come to that later in the show. But uh, with with the rest of the cap, I mean. Um, but yeah, I I are you kidding me? I would have been totally excited for for Matthew. But the one thing I will say about that too is that. Um, when you look back at Mike Patton's defenses, I mean, yeah, you have Darrell Revis, but you don't really have crazy playmakers in the secondary. 
Um, well, was he was he with the Ray? I mean, I know that this is probably more a Rex Ryan defense, and even like a um, even predating him. But was I mean Ed Reed? Because he was part of that Ravens staff too, right? That's true, I guess. But I, I just don't but think that's about... like a generational, like once in a lifetime talent. It's and like... then the, the Buffalo, the Buffalo defenses. Like he didn't have crazy talent on the back end. Usually, like they were kind of more front end focused with good cover corners. That's one of the reasons I think the Packers might be more interested in Nick Nelson this year than they otherwise would be. Like they don't, they like because I feel like they've really put a priority on on ball hawking in in the uh, under the Dom Capers kind of scheme. Like you know, right. it's like oh okay, you can give up a big twenty five yard reception, but you know, come up with an interception when you give a chance. And I feel like they're probably going to move a little bit away from that and, and be more inclined for dudes who can just, you know, cover well and knock down balls. You know, you don't need to make a crazy ball hawking play on it or a gamble. or. So we'll see if that's – if that. I mean, that's my read right now. I don't know if that's actually what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, we will have plenty of time to get into the draft, and I know that uh, I was working offline with Justice Mosqueda on nailing down a time for him to come on and do a little draft breakdown. And Ben, I know you had uh, Seeds of Jake, is that right? Was possibly thinking about coming on? So yeah. uh, word to the listeners, we're working on the draft content, and uh, that is coming soon. Uh, but moving on, uh, next topic, the details uh, on the Jimmy Graham deal were made public in the last few days, and I think that um, I think that the said details left many fans pleasantly surprised. So thanks to some cleverness on the part of Russ Ball, Graham's 2018 cap hit is limited to, I think, just $5.6 million. So cosmetically, it is a three-year $30 million deal, but the, uh, deal, but the Packers can wiggle out after just one year uh, this reported by Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. And uh, um, Ben, I'll, I'll start with you here because I think that you were the most vocally opposed to the signing, uh, as well as Jordy Nelson's um, corresponding release. Do you feel any differently in light of how the numbers shake out? Uh, I mean, it's hard not to feel better than when you thought that it was going to be an 11 mil cap hit per year. Um, like, yeah, I definitely feel better with a 5.6 cap hit this year. Or five, yeah, five point. Five and two-thirds, essentially, cap hit this year. Um, and, you know, the ability to walk out after... I think I, if they if they bug out after the year or after next season, I think it's 13 overall, something like that. I don't remember what the dead... the dead How the dead money... It's either uh, 11 or 13, I'm not sure. Yeah, and then I don't... If they get out of it after next year, I don't remember how the dead cap shakes out. But I'm a lot better... I'm a lot better with that deal than I was with my worst imaginations. Um... It, you know the way it is now. Basically, this season they've traded they've traded Jordy Nelson for um, uh, Wilkerson and 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 Graham, and I would take that trade ten days out of ten. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. They they get rid of uh, Nelson's contract and use that same amount of space. Basically, have the same cap space to work with while acquiring Jimmy Graham and Mo Wilkerson. Um, Alex, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you look at it uh, like that, like a two-for-one trade, um, I think there's no way you can really. And it's hard not to like look at Wilkerson when you're talking about um, releasing Jordy Nelson, just given the way that like the numbers matched up. But yeah, I mean, I would take that trade every time. I think they need talented bodies on defense. 
Um, and I think, like we talked about last week, what you lose in Jordy, you, you might gain back in Jimmy Graham. It just doesn't feel like an improvement. Um, but that's, you know, there's other ways to improve. There's more free agency left. Um, and there's obviously the draft. So it's not, uh, it's not devastating. But as far as the contract goes, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty relieved with the way it uh, shakes out, just given the history of the past few years of free agent tight ends um, with Green Bay. At least there's a security blanket of like, okay, if this thing totally fails, then we can rid us ourselves of this mess pretty quickly. Yeah. Also, the uh, I mean, I think the real moral of the story is, you know, I think when when Russ Ball was being talked about as the front runner for the GM position, and people were all like, "Oh, I don't want him so much that I wish he would leave." Um, I think the moral of all of this is nobody should have wanted Russ Ball to leave. Like he is, he is a a supreme asset to the team's front office. Shame on you, knee jerk Packer fans. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, and whatever the coaches and maybe the quarterbacks' resistance was, was probably stemmed from the fact. I mean, they were they were probably looking for a football guy to come in and be really aggressive, and that's why. But um, in order for them to do so, like Russ Ball doing his Russ Ball thing is pretty necessary um, given what he inherited or what uh, Gutekunst inherited from Thompson and all the money they had tied up. So, yeah, that's that's important, man. Yeah, I so uh, wanted to take a quick detour on, on Mo Wilkerson because we talked a little bit about him uh, last week. But as I was sort of consuming more football media, more podcasts over the week, I kind of got – uh, what I felt were conflicting reports on what people I trust think is uh, going to be his relative effectiveness. I don't know. Uh, we didn't talk about this pre-show, so I don't know if you guys have any comments on this or know anything about Mo Wilkerson. But I felt like when I first heard it, I was like, oh, this is great. We have this like great presence on the line. And then I heard some people who uh, who I trust say, eh, maybe he doesn't really have anything to offer, and I don't know if you guys have a feeling on that one way or the other. I mean, I, I don't think it's a guarantee that he's going to come in and be an every-down player, but I also don't think that they're, you know, paying him necessarily like that. I mean, I I kind of, it's he's not the same player, but, like, I look at it, um, and I know he's younger, but, like, I look at it like Julius Peppers. Like, if he come in and be a situational guy who's effective in short spurts, like, I'm all down for that. I'm not expecting him to come in and be some type of hero and like the stud on a defensive line because we already have one. Uh, we may even have two. And I know that like it's better to have more, but um, if he's if he's a package guy or an elephant or whatever we call them now, um, that's that's fine. I'm cool with that. I think he's kind of a step in the same direction we've seen the Packers moving with drafting, where they for basically. They want everybody on the line to be able to get after the quarterback, right? Like, there's no run-stopping, you know, black hole, eat up two blocks type anymore. Like, you're going to have to be able to get... uh, You might not get to the quarterback, but you need to be able to get after the quarterback. And we definitely see that with Kenny Clark, who I think everybody's expecting to kind of pick up where he left off. Uh, Last season, uh, Mike Daniels is the same, and uh, Lowry... You know, like they're they basically have a bunch of interchangeable weapons on the defensive line that can all get after the quarterback um, and also stop the run. Like they're they're totally versatile, um, and I think Wilkerson like fits into that mold. Um, 
I don't, I don't like, I don't really see a downside. Um, like I don't, I don't, for that kind of money, I don't know what people are expecting, um, that they're disappointed, but yeah, I, the, the one thing, the one thing that I would have, uh, I would have maybe even, um, the one thing I would have potentially, um, been interested on top of that is like when the Colts cut Jonathan Hankins, I would have considered like trying to pick, pick him up too. And I'm not even against them still. Or I think, did he sign already? I don't remember. But, I don't remember seeing him sign. Um, like, I, I think basically you can't have enough healthy bodies that are good at, you know, multiple things along your defensive line. And, uh, yeah, I don't, like, I don't know what people are upset about this about for. Jonathan Hankins, uh, for the record, I believe is currently unsigned. He is unsigned, unsigned. It looks like. It looks like the like Washington is close, and he has visits to other teams. I don't. I feel like if the Packers were one of those teams, I would have heard about it. But you know who's the Lions. Not, you know who's not unsigned. Breaking news here on the podcast: Christine Michael signs with the Colts. <laughs> I saw that. Oh man, I was already <laughs> excited about that. The career that will never die. Actually, no. Marshall Newhouse is officially the career that will never die. So who gave him a chance? He signed somewhere. Marshall Newhouse is like the smartest, funniest football player there is, though. I joke. What I can tell. I joke that he must player. be like the best job interviewee in the world. Yeah, but he—I mean, like—he is like actually hilarious and super nice, and like I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about him except for his ability to play football. <laughs> except for his ability <laughs> to play football, which uh, you know is is what he does for a living, but... Uh, yeah, but I'm, like, he's... totally happy for him to keep getting a paycheck. Oh, yeah, no, I'm not mad. I, I really don't hold as much against him. Like, uh, he's not, you know, he's not one of those guys I think about and, he, like, automatically I get in, like, a pissed-off mood and how terrible he was. I think we were really hard on him. He is one of the... He is in the category of guys that at least once a year I'm watching, like, a random Monday night game because... I'm addicted to the NFL, and you see him, and you're like, oh, I cannot believe this. Guy. Like Frank Zombo. Frank Zombo, yes. Frank Zombo is the classic. And he's been on the same team for years, and every year I like tune into a random Chiefs game, and I'm reminded every time, like, I can't. This guy has been playing in the same scheme on the same defense, like just getting it done since he left Green Bay. Yep. Even though like the lunch I had no guy. idea he still was around. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll follow he'll follow to uh Cleveland at some point. I'm surprised they didn't trade for him. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. And Eric Walden kind of, but he he when I see him I get an ad cuz he's actually kind of productive. Hey, sports fans, football season's here, and it's time to get in on the action with MyBookie. MyBookie is the industry-leading sports betting website that offers real Vegas odds on football, baseball, and all your favorite sporting events. You can take a side, the total, or even fantasy points props. MyBookie lets you bet online and win big. Did the game already kick off? Don't sweat it. MyBookie has in-game live betting on every major league and event even esports. There's no better time to join MyBookie than today. Go to MyBookie to open an account and start winning. Use promo code CHAMPION when you register for your account and get a 100% sign-up bonus up to $1,000 on your first deposit. Bet today. Visit MyBookie's website or call 844-866-2387. That's 844-866-2387. Check them out today and use promo code CHAMPION for a 100% bonus. 
Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only. Void where prohibited. My heart skips skipping the beat. You're not close enough, so that space between you and me, let's lose it. The way you're dancing, swaying to the music, girl, that body and how you move it. Every time you cross my mind, girl, I lose it. Alexa, play the Country Heat playlist. Okay. I think you know what you're doing to me, you got With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. All right, guys. Finally, um, in the spirit of the Wednesday walkthrough series, which is up every Wednesday at acmepackingcompany.com, I thought we could put our GM hats on here for a second, as if that's not what we do for the entirety of every episode. Um, This week's article asked APC writers, what should Packers GM Brian Gutekunst do next? So, Alex, the, the first wave of free agency has come and gone. The draft is in five weeks, I believe. So what should Gutekunst do now? So, I I mean, obviously the easy answer would be like, okay, we really need a corner, but I don't have one guy necessarily that I'm like really into. Um, Now, you might have to correct me if he ended up signing, but I believe Alan Hearns was in New York today visiting with the Jets, um, unless the the blizzard prevented that. But I know we went – we went big and we had our hearts set on Allen Robinson. Um, I would settle for Allen Hearns as a as a nice little replacement and number two slash three receiver. That's a sneaky, uh, unexpected answer. Offense. I like well, that. Well, yeah, I mean, I saw him get released, so presumably he's going to be like pretty. You know, he's going to be like a bargain bin guy that still has upside that isn't terribly old. Um. That you know, we've seen succeed a little bit, especially opposite of a a pretty damn good number one uh, like Allen Robinson, which he would be playing with in Green Bay because Devontae Adams is that. You're up to um, the second uh, up news update here is that he did have to cancel a visit to the Jets today, so he went to the Cowboys instead. But he is as of right now, six thirty nine p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, the twenty first, unsigned. All right, assist to the Blizzard. Thank you, Blizzard. <laughs> Whatever we're calling it, Toby? Or is that the last one? <laughs> uh, oh, I, I have no idea, actually. There's been so many. Do they have names? Is sure. That a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All Nor'easters have names, man. Oh, word. weird. Glenn. Glenn the Blizzard. Ah, Glenn. Glenn. So they don't go in alphabetical order like hurricanes. Because <laughs> no, when, when I saw Toby, I was like, holy crap. I just that made that up. Glenn is my default, like, made-up name. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Typecasting Nor'easters. Gotcha. Exactly. Um, All right, Ben. What should Brian Gutekunst do now? What should he do or what will he do? Uh, What should he do? Come on, we're in fantasy land here. I'm okay. I I would kind of like the Packers to kick the tires on Eric Reed um, for a number of reasons, not least of which I I want – I, I don't want Eric Reed to be blackballed from the league, um, and I'm worried that he is. I think he's probably one of the most likely candidates to get the Kaepernick treatment. Um, I don't think that the Packers... The way this offseason has been going, I feel like if the Packers were that interested in uh, any of the corners on the market, we would have heard about it by now. It's not like they've been quiet about their plans. Um, so I'm not... like like Sure, I think... 
the Packers need corners. I don't see a name on the market that I'm like, oh, they should totally go sign that guy. Um, so that leads me to what I think they might actually be doing, which is working on a big extension for Aaron Rodgers. Like, that's the only way this offseason makes sense to me <sighs> so far. You stole uh, That was mine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because otherwise, like, it's like, look, Aaron Rodgers' value is never going to be lower than coming off a busted uh, collarbone for the second time in three years or whatever it is, four years. Um, you know, nobody remember you know it's if, if if the bar that you have to beat is Kirk Cousins or Drew Brees I don't remember who actually has the most I guess Brees took a team-friendly deal so Cousins must have the most Cousins anyway, has most more guaranteed. and it's all guaranteed yeah and so I think basically Rogers value will never be lower um the Packers kind of hand will never be stronger um that said I don't think Aaron Rodgers is an idiot like you know and I don't think anybody else in the league's an idiot either, so I don't think the market is that depressed for him. But I do think that um, that's that's the lo- the logical assumption that I've come to is that they are working on a long term extension, saving a lot of room for it, and then they will kind of fill in the pieces after that. Yeah, uh, you really uh, took the words out of my mouth there. I don't really have anything to add to that. I think the next logical move in this sort of lull between the beginning of free agency and uh, the draft is to get your quarterback signed to a deal for all of the money, and he will be worth all of the pennies. <laughs> He'll be worth all of it. <laughs> Just whatever it takes, get him, get him signed. Yeah, I mean, I, and the other, I mean, the other thing I guess I want them to do is like really focus. And this is like something super difficult to see from the outside, but it's like I want them to have like a good. They've had a lot of turnover this off season, like organizationally as a culture, um, and I I hope that they put the work into like really filling that in a meaningful and positive way. I know that sounds like really holistic, but it's like no, I want to I want to know that the Packers front office like they're appointing the right people to the right positions yeah Um, i think that's totally valid and and i think like it's better to start off on a good foot than have to fix things as you go along um and i know i know like mike mccarthy's probably isn't the safest job in the world right now but i mean more like the you know a lot of scouting knowledge went mostly to the cleveland browns but also other places and uh i really hope that when we have a draft to look at in a couple weeks that, you know, we see kind of that not all is lost. And, and there's, there's a new, there's a new, a new, uh, I don't know, a new generation to take over. Yeah. I think that's a good place to leave it as the draft approaches. And we, uh, we look forward with optimistic green and gold goggles Um, Again, we are going to be working on some draft content. Um, Hopefully, At Seeds of Jake will be joining us, Justice Mosqueda. We are going to get together behind the scenes, figure all that out, and uh, give you, dear listeners, all of the knowledge. All of the knowledge. Alex, you got any closing thoughts for the listeners? Uh, Sure. I I just we mentioned the Kirk Cousins contract. I don't know if anyone, if this made this way around the internet, because I've been pretty unplugged today. Um, I'm just really glad to have more reasons to make fun of Kirk Cousins, <laughs> the latest of which came from uh, his Sirius XM NFL radio interview this week. 
in which he tried to get the ball rolling on the phrase "you like that." Nah. Oh. His, you like that thing? Uh, if that becomes a thing this year, oh man, that is going to be insufferable. Uh, oh. Uh, let's pass it over to boom. Ben. Your closing thoughts, other than you hate that. <laughs> um. Huh. Uh, my closing thoughts. Um, I don't know if anybody else saw the Deadspin article today about a couple fans who um, are trying to trademark a certain phrase about a certain part of the anatomy of a certain Super Bowl winning quarterback in the last year. Um, but it's oh. a lot better than you like that. So I um, <laughs> recommend everybody go read that article. Do some, uh, do some savvy Googling, people. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Alex. Uh, you, you, can follow, you can follow all of us on Twitter, at Ben Foldy, at Alex Patakis, at Zach Rapport. The show is at the APC Pod. Also, again, on Instagram for literally no reason. It's a vanity project. I'm seeing how many followers I can get before the start of the season. Uh, thanks again for listening. Give us a rating on iTunes, five-star review, and uh, all of that uh, self-promotional gobbledygook. We'll, uh, we'll see you here in the next couple weeks as we uh, get our draft content figured out knowledge to be bestowed bestowed down onto you, dear listeners. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Go Pack Go. I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seemed smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain, or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission, or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot, because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.